This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome back into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, let's not keep the people waiting. Eventful weekend for the Pittsburgh Steelers, as we knew it would be with all the roster cuts, and we will get into that, but... I feel like we've been talking about a potential trade for a while now. It made sense. Kevin Dodson really didn't have a path to playing time here. A guy that's made a ton of starts over his career with the Steelers, a ton of starting experience. He was going to find a new home. The Steelers and Rams strike a deal over the weekend, sending Kevin Dodson to the Rams. Yeah, it seems like the Steelers and Rams are deal-friendly. They made that Allen Robinson trade, very similar trade, where they just sort of traded back in the seventh round to get Allen Robinson in here. The Steelers trade up in the was it the fifth round in twenty fifth to the fourth and then sixth to fifth yeah the following year yeah fifth to the fourth in twenty four and then sixth to the fifth in twenty five so like it's interesting because you know teams don't want to give up draft picks because the number of draft picks you have like kind of limits your, what you can do in the draft but 
and that's a pretty significant move. Like that's good value. I would have to see. I'd be very interested to see, like, if you plug those into the draft value chart, like, what does moving up around from six to fifth and moving up around from fifth to fourth, like, what what should if they trade that for a draft pick, like, what do you think it got them? Like, I bet it's I bet it's more than people think. I think that's a pretty significant return for a player that for the Steelers was basically only going to play in like a catastrophe nightmare kind of situation this year. Yeah, I would agree. And I think you look at the, if you're looking at the Rams roster, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it. They have like the high end talent, right? You got Stafford, you got cup, you got Aaron Donald, but like, it's not a very good roster. Like I I think that there's a very good chance that that's a pretty good fourth round pick too. Yeah. I mean, it's not a team that I think is going to be like near the top of the NFL or something like they, they should be – it should be not only a move up and round, but I would think that the Rams will be drafting higher than the Steelers next year. Yeah. So I think you'll be talking about not just moving up and around, but moving up in picks as well. You know, so that – so maybe the Steelers are drafting 20th and the Rams are drafting 15th. So you're going to move up not just 32 picks, but you're going to move up 37 picks. And, and, yeah, I mean, I just don't think that, that the Rams are very good. I mean, it's, it's not a – incredibly challenging division for them I mean, seattle's pretty solid 49ers are pretty good uh, it looks like arizona is trying to lose we can talk <laughs> about that news too at some point here today um but uh yeah i mean i, I think it's a really good trade I, I don't know what what you could possibly see as a downside i mean they do lose some death but it was really going to take a bad 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 situation for kevin Dotson to get on the field this year what I find funny, and I'm not trying to rip any one person or anything, but people are like, yeah, "Oh, why couldn't this be had on today?" That's why. If it was, if yeah. it was Hater Smitty, if Hater Smitty was here, <laughs> let me turn the hat around. Just, just ripping on people, just devastating people. But what I don't get is people that are like, "Oh, why did it have to be Kevin Dodson and not Kendrick Green in this deal?" Kendrick Green doesn't get you the return that it got you. Like, you can't just trade whatever player you want. Trade all your bad players. This is the. This I, mean, is the I, I guess Kyle Dubas has spoiled Pittsburgh fans. And yep, they now yep. have to be reminded that not every trade can be all of our bad players for all of your good ones. Uh, yeah, look, I think that there's a chance they might trade Kendrick Green for something. He was a third round pick. Like, it wasn't a good third round pick, but somebody might see something in him. I'm not, I'm not dismissing the idea. I also think this trade makes it much more likely that Kendrick Green ends up on the Steelers roster. I'm not, I'm not predicting that to be the case, but like we certainly need to talk about it. Like it's a, you know, it's, it's realistic, but it is hilarious that like, it's funny to me because I feel like in general, the Steelers fans have dramatically overstated how bad Kendrick Green is. Like he is not an unplayable offensive lineman. He's not a very good center. Well, he looked good at guard against the Falcons. Like, he could do it. He's just not one of the Steelers' better guards. But if he's so bad that you all want rid of him, like, for, like then why would any other team trade anything for him? I can't, I can't figure that right. the logic out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do want to touch on, you mentioned that other trade, former Pittsburgh Steeler Josh Dobbs going to – now another team, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, and it could be their week one starter. I mean, between him and a rookie, what was it, fifth-round pick, Clayton Toon, um, out of Houston. Very interesting here. Josh Dobbs recently just acquired there from the Browns. Is that who you, you think is going to be Dobbs as uh, their opening day starter there? 
Well, I'm not plugged in enough of the Cardinals to have any inside information. We got to get Donnie Drew on here. Uh, Donnie's my, <laughs> my my good buddy. Uh, covers the Cardinals for Sports Illustrated. Um, look, I it it does not appear that the Cardinals are serious about trying to win. Um, I saw Clayton too at the Senior Bowl. I've heard mm-hmm. that he's looked good in the preseason. I've not watched the Cardinals game. If he looks like he looked in the Senior Bowl, then Dobbs will clearly be the better option. And I don't say that with, I think, any sort of like misgivings about who Josh Dobbs is. Like, it's not a very good situation of quarterback for this Cardinals who might, I mean, basically are throwing up the Caleb Williams flag before the start of week one. Basically, is what appears to be happening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's get into some of these roster cuts. I think... You know, we saw kind of, I don't want to say three full rounds. It was like a player individually, a round of eight, a round of 10 that we've seen over the weekend cut. Um, Aaron Crookshank was the one that was cut on his own. Speedy receiver who I thought actually like, you know, if they were able to get him the ball flashed a little bit in that preseason finale, like using his speed down the field when it was open a few times, could have probably scored a long touchdown if quarterback could have hit him. Um, I don't. Besides him, that first round of like, uh, of, Eight didn't have like necessarily any standouts to me. I mean, Madre Harper had his moments, I thought, in camp, sounded like, but really nobody else. Um, and then today, Tanner Muse and I would say Kenny Robinson are probably the two that were the most notable from today's round of cuts. Yeah, and I, I'm not even sure that they're like surprising to me that they were cut. No, I'm maybe yeah. a little bit surprised that they were cut in the order that they were cut, right? So you know, at safety, Trenton Thompson still on the team. Uh, so he, you know, he's mm-hmm. and like it doesn't matter because all these guys go on waivers at exactly the same time, twelve o'clock on Wednesday. But I think generally the team is trying to. Trenton Thompson still on the team. Kenny Robinson off to me is a surprise. Nick Kwiatkowski still on the team, and Tanner Muse off is a surprise to me. I still had Muse and Robinson both missing the fifty-three. They were among the more difficult cuts. I think Tanner Muse can be a good special teamer. I just think he's very far behind the other four inside linebackers in terms of playing inside linebacker. And, you know, Nick Herbig is going to be a guy that's going to play some special teams and really has, like, as has been talked about a lot, more of an inside linebacker body type than an edge rusher anyway. So, you know, he's obviously playing edge rusher and is going to play edge rusher. But if you start thinking about the kind of roles that he could take on special teams, you know, it's more of the same roles that a guy like Tanner Muse would be filling instead of, I don't know, a guy like Quincy Roche, right, who's like 50 pounds heavier, right? That's like a totally different guy. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that sort of made Muse expendable to me. Kenny Robinson, you know, I, I just think that in the end, uh, Miles Killebrew is going to be the one guy who makes this team that is really only useful on special teams. And I think it's unfortunate for Kenny Robinson because I think he was very clearly the fourth best safety. Um, mm-hmm. Although Trenton Thompson's still on the roster, so maybe the Steelers think differently. But I thought Kenny Robinson was the fourth best safety, and, uh, and he loses out to maybe a guy who's a better special teamer in Killebrew and a guy who's maybe a bit more versatile like a Trey Norwood or like an Elijah Riley. How do you feel about the prospects of, of either one of those guys or both coming back on the practice squad? I, I think to me, though, like I'm not going to completely write it off, but to your point, like those would typically be the guys like the last ones cut. You would think, though, that they would be turning back to for that. 
Well, I mean, we can break some news here on Steelers Afternoon Drive, and this is like the smallest piece of news I can think of, so maybe it doesn't matter <laughs> at all. But Kenny Robinson's locker was not cleaned out today after practice. So I okay. don't know. Make make that uh, make that out to be a big deal or nothing at all. Maybe just didn't get around to it. Uh, but that I don't. I would not be surprised at all if he's a player that they would like to get to the practice squad. Um, mm-hmm. Whether that happens or not, you know, he's got to clear waivers, and then you know he'll get a chance to look and see what his other opportunities are. Maybe somebody else. You know, look, the Steelers have three veteran, established, experienced safeties, like. Maybe he'll get an opportunity to go to a practice squad on a team that is kind of maybe piecing things together in a, in a different way where playing time might be a little bit more obvious. I mean, basically with the Steelers, he's looking at he needs somebody to get hurt for him to get on the field. Uh, maybe there's a place where that wouldn't be the case. So yeah, they got to play that game. But I think he's a guy they would like to have back to the practice squad. Tanner Mews, I think, much more likely to be poached just because of his level of experience as a special teamer. The Steelers have a lot of those guys. Not every team does. Um, he's been with two teams before, you know, NFL experience and in a different way. So I think maybe he he probably is a guy that, that somebody will come calling for. Um, and again, another space where you know the depth chart is very clogged up with veteran established guys in front of him. Maybe he could find a place where things are a little bit softer. You know, it's not just like Mark Robinson holding holding the door shut in front of him. Generally speaking, though, am I am I off on that, though? Like, is that just a stupid way of thinking that, like, their last round of cuts will typically be the guys that they get back on the practice squad? I think that has generally been the way they've done things. But I think, like, like I said, like, that's kind of taking it from the lens of, like, th- these cuts being at different times mattering. And I'm not really sure that they do. So, like, back in the day – when you would cut down in steps, like you'd cut five players and then five players or 10 players or whatever, then those players would go through waivers. And so if you had a guy you wanted to get to the practice squad, you would make sure to cut him in the last group because you wanted him in the biggest bunch. You're trying to bury that name in with like 10 other names uh, to get through to the practice squad. Now what's going to happen is all the players do is cut Saturday, the players do is cut Sunday, all the players do is cut today, and all the players still the Steelers cut tomorrow will all go through waivers at exactly the same time at noon on Wednesday. And so I don't really think there's that gamesmanship of when they are going to release players when mattering as much anymore. I think it just, you know, mostly will come down to who clears and who they want to keep. I do think it, it, it maybe says they like Thompson and Kukowski more than I thought, um, but I don't mm-hmm. think it would preclude – these guys that are being cut now from, from making it to the practice squad. Yeah. And I didn't even have like the waiver date aspect, like in my mind saying that, I guess for me, it was just thinking like, Oh, this guy, they literally want to hold on to until like, it's, it's so tough for them to cut him. They're waiting until the last possible second to do so. Like it's that tough for them to let go of this guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm very interested to talk to like Mike Tomlin about the process in this you know, before they sort of like the league mandated it and they kind of did it like last year, they cut, they, they made the first cut and second cut at the league deadline. Then they played their last preseason game. Then they cut all but like five or six guys, right? But mm-hmm. right after their last preseason game. And then they made their last cuts right at the deadline. And this year, the process seems very different. 
right? I mean, some of it's because the league rules changed, but and some of it's because they played a Thursday night game in the last week. So, you know, cutting guys today really could be like cutting guys right after the last preseason game, right? But they had all these practices in between that Thursday night game and, and the deadline. So I guess they were trying to have some guys available for that, give guys, I don't know, one more shot or maybe just people to work so they give guys off and, and still have numbers. Um, but it's definitely been a different process, and I would definitely be interested to see the explanation for why you cut eight guys one day, one guy the next day, ten guys, you know, very different mm-hmm. than, than what they've done in the past. And so I'm not really sure I know what to read into it right now. Uh, was there anybody uh, – I don't think there's anybody that, like, jumps off the page. I think we've already t- kind of got to that. So you didn't think that there was anybody that got cut that you expected to make the 53? At least yet. No, the only player that I had on the 53 that is not going to be now is Kevin Dotson. Um, it's just because I didn't predict the trade. I wrote in my 53 and projection that I still think they should be trying to trade him. Um, but no, so I, I haven't, I, there's nothing that's been surprising to me other than maybe the order of operations there. A couple guys that are still standing a little bit surprising me, like Jordan Bird, rookie wide receiver, mm-hmm. who I honestly didn't see that much from in training camp like him still being on the roster now is a little bit surprising to me um jonathan marshall is that player that i actually like but he's like the fourth nose tackle and i think has no chance of making the team so i'm not quite sure other than they are a little banged up at defensive tackle like cam hayward and larry Joby didn't play in that last preseason game and uh you know i've not been full participants in practice since then and so you know maybe that's just a numbers thing um, but they like, but they're still banged up at guard, right? James Daniels and and uh, and, Nick, and Nate Herbig didn't play in that game, but Bill Dunkel was cut today. So that was just a little bit of a back and forth thing. I'm not quite sure I know right now enough to read into what those moves mean. But I, there's no one that I think was cut so far that I would say, oh, he's definitely not making the practice squad because of when he was cut or anything like that. Gotcha. Okay. It, probably a little bit late news. And if people are subscribed to the channel, they should have watched your post game anyway. Um, but obviously you weren't here on Friday. We had Nick Farabaugh joining us. What were some of your thoughts about the, the preseason finale? I mean, offense looks incredible, continues to look incredible. Uh, I think don't sleep on the defense. You know, the offense is making all these headlines. Defense didn't give up a single starting defense didn't give up a single point. And uh, throughout the preseason, that's almost as incredible as Kenny Pickett's perfect passer rating. It almost sets, it's like, I don't, like, they can't possibly be that good, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we're, yeah. like we're, we're, you know, like, I think they're going to be better than they were last year. We'll pick somewhere in between those two places, right? It's like, we know they're not going to be flawless just throughout the season. Um, Man, that's a bad and deeply flawed Atlanta team. Also, like let's let's take that in consideration too. Yeah, a more more impressive preseason: Kenny Pickett or Nick Herbig? I'll say Nick Herbig because I had high expectations for Kenny Pickett. I thought he could be really good, and he has been. Um, and I was like, Nick Nick Herbig has been just a probably the biggest surprise on the whole roster to me in terms of like what I thought about him coming in to, to right now. I was very skeptical that he could stick in an edge rusher 
Now I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure that he can. And, and maybe not as a starter, but certainly as a guy who comes off the bench and is a useful player. Like he's, he's not just going to stick at edge rusher. He's going to play at edge rusher this year for this team. And I would be surprised if he does so and doesn't make an impact. Like that's where I'm at with him right now. And so um, he's probably been the biggest surprise to me on the entire team. Kenny has been, I think, surprising in some ways too. Like I don't always think that he's been the best in these sort of low stakes environments. He's been extremely good. I was not surprised at all by his his poise, his his you know leadership, all the intangible stuff. I've I've always thought he's been off the charts in terms of, and uh, but the ball looks great. And like look at those deep passes uh, against Atlanta on that first drive where he hit dots up Deontay and then George. Uh, kind of back-to-back, that's a better quarterback, not just leader, person, NFL player. That's a better quarterback than we saw last year, too, and I think that, that mm-hmm. deserves bringing up, but Nick Herbert's been phenomenal. Yeah, 100%. It's putting you on the spot there because we didn't even have that in our pre-show notes, so great job there with uh, On the Fly. I answering. like it. I like um, it. Keep it. Keep, we, I, we, <laughs> you, we can, I, I'm perfectly okay with that. I've been prepped for this extensively because I go on the fan a lot with Paul Zeiss. And, you know, I've covered mm-hmm. like four teams. And, you know, I've covered the Penguins, I've covered the Pirates, I've covered the Steelers, I've covered the Pit, I've covered the Riverhounds too. Count them five if you want. And Paul never tells me what we're going to talk about beforehand. And, and because I've covered <laughs> all those teams, he feels comfortable asking me about all those teams. So it's literally like I go on, and it's not even like, I don't know, it's Steelers topic we're going to talk about. Like, we could do a whole segment about. Pit basketball. I don't know. Maybe it's great. I love Paul. It's awesome, and I love that he trusts me to answer questions about anything. But it's great prep for like, hey, whatever you got, just hit me with it. I'm fine with it. it. Can't be, can't be more random than I've already dealt with. Yeah, and I'm supposed to be the voice of the fans on here, so I feel like as we continue to do this show more and more, that will whatever become pops a in your head so. is fine by yeah. me. You know, um, I don't know about sure. whatever, but. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. We'll see how far we can stretch that. Um, I do. There's actually quite a bit of YouTube stuff that I think would be fun to get into, but I do want to ask you one more thing in terms of, so we saw the one trade with Kevin Dodson. Do you think that there could be another trade, um, here? Obviously we have the the round of cuts that we know is going to be coming tomorrow. And if so, like, where could you see that being on the roster, whether it's an outgoing player or an ingoing player, what group do you think we could see? Well, the short answer is yes. I mean, I think Omar Khan has already taught us that um, when you think Omar Khan has done, Omar Khan is not done, right? Like, I don't think he's mm-hmm. going to be the kind of GM that is ever going to just be like, yeah, good. You know, I, I don't see that. I think he's a guy that is going to keep trying to make his team better. And so I expect him to be actively engaged in trades going forward. Um, now, where could those be? We talked about Kendrick Green. Like, I would not be, like, falling my face as astonished if they can find a trade for him, even if it's nothing of real, you know, conditional seventh-round pick or whatever, but just to, you know, if somebody really wants him uh, to, to, to put him in a good place. Um, I think there's a couple other places they could look to make a trade from their depth. I think defensive tackle is one of them. You know, I really wrestled. I found a way on my 53-man projection to get all defensive, all eight defensive linemen on the team. I mean, they probably don't need all eight of them, right? If they could find something or someone that wants something for an Norman Watts or a Monty Adams or a Braden Fajoko, 
why not, right? You know, I, I think they could probably uh, make a move like that. Um, that's probably it in terms of, oh, Mason Rudolph, I guess, would be the one. I mean, look, we're talking about teams mm-hmm. trading for and starting Josh Dobbs. We have to at least entertain the idea that Mason Rudolph is worth something to someone uh, because, frankly, I think he's a better quarterback than Josh Dobbs. So, like, you know, if, if somebody worse than you is starting for a team then and you're the third stringer, like, okay, there's probably going to be some phone calls made anyway at that point. Um, we'll see if, if anything develops from that. I will say I, I did not feel super impressed by Tanner Morgan this preseason and would be doubtful yeah. that he would be the option if they did make that trade. You know, they'd probably be looking at Cole McCoy, who got cut by the, the Cardinals today or, or someone like that to come in be that number three, I, I don't think it would be Morgan. Um, that's probably the only place I see depth that they could trade from. In terms of places they could look to add, I think backup center is the one that jumps out to everyone, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. they really could yep. use someone to solidify that spot uh, in a way that hasn't been all, all offseason. Um, slot corner, I still think, is a place they could upgrade. Uh, I would really love to see them find a way to get somebody in there that you just – feel better about playing a lot that I, I i think shannon sullivan and elijah riley are nfl players but they are like give me a guy that i could go out there with the Bengals and say you're locking down tyler boyd all game and and feel good about it like i don't see that option on this roster right now like where's the guy for those teams that really roll three deep at wide receiver who's who's locking down sky more when the chiefs you know like where like, i just don't know that they have that answer and i would i would think that that uh that would be a place i would be interested in seeing them make an addition it's a pretty deep team other than that i don't feel like they have a lot of like glaring obvious weaknesses but if they're going to make a move uh those are the moves that i see out there that, for, for them to make and hey one more Braden man the backup punter or com- mm-hmm. competing punter i guess however you want to say he's still around there's a report by adam kaplan out there the eagles are interested in him Maybe they could get something for him. And they did claim him on waivers. It's not like he was available to the entire league when they got him. You know, so like it seemed like the Eagles did not get a shot at him when the Jets waived him because the Steelers claimed him ahead. Could they ring? I remember they made that trade for Brad Wing. I'm dating myself yeah. here, but but they, they were able to get something out of one of their punters. Maybe it's maybe it's man, maybe it's Harvin. But if somebody out there is like, hey, we'll give you something for one of our punters, one of the punters, and they think there's not that much of a difference between the two, then maybe they make that move too. Yeah, I know it's a kicker, but the Browns just traded a day three pick for a kicker today from the Chargers to the kicker that lost that competition and was going to be cut anyway. So, you know, special yeah, teams. Dick, Dicker the kicker, Cameron Dicker yeah. from Texas. He won his battle, and, mm-hmm. uh, and we love to see that. Of course he did. Because, you know, there was never a doubt awesome. he was going to win that battle. Um, Alan, you actually have a nickname, I think, at least within uh, one person here. Someone was calling you Slander, Alan Slander, Slander on YouTube. Yeah. Like, and because I'm ripping people? I don't know. I mean, we can get into uh, a comment here and, and we'll see what it says and see okay. why they're calling you this. But uh, they say you've been, but then they agree with at least your one comment about this. So, they they says what I've been thinking all along. Pat P cannot play slot, although I don't know if you're going to agree with this part. Hell, Minka cannot either. 
Uh, I said when Millet issue came up, no good pay for an apex difficult position. Slot will become a bigger money position over the next decade with the way wide receivers are utilized. As inside linebacker wanes, slot rises. They will utilize Pat P as a third safety, Rod Woodson-esque. He is not the tackler that Minka and Neil KZ are. Ball hawking is what he is here for. I agree with most of that. I think slot is an underappreciated position around the NFL right now. I do think we're going to sort of see it normalized that like teams call three corners starters more than they do right now. Um, and I think you're going to see some slot corners. St- like I think we've already seen it in the draft. Like if you went to like the senior bowl this year, there were a ton of guys at the senior bowl this year that were like just slot corners, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. they usually could not play outside. Like, that's a real thing. Like, those are guys that would not have been at the Senior Bowl five years ago because NFL scouts and GMs have been like, he's 5'9". What do I have use for him? Get him out of here. Now they're like, oh, this guy is a useful player to me in this specific role. And so I think that's definitely changing. I don't really love the Steelers slots, as I just said. I don't necessarily – and it's not that I'm doubting him. Maybe this is where the slander comes in. I don't know. I just – we have not seen it from Patrick Peterson – and he's not been great in main coverage the last couple of years. And it doesn't feel like you – know, sometimes when you have a guy playing a different position, you can kind of, like, feel it out, right? It just feels like a natural fit where, like, oh, the things he's good at would line up with that position better. This doesn't feel like that to me. This feels like kind of like forcing something a little bit. Maybe it works out great. I don't know. Uh, but I certainly don't have, like, the Steelers' level of faith in Patrick Peterson being a difference maker in slot corner. I do think it's a more important position than most teams uh, think. I'm not sure I see Patrick Peterson as a safety. I think he is fine at corner. He just needs to be in a zone-heavy scheme that is not what the Steelers are providing. It's more like what the Vikings had last year. However, like, you know, cover three is kind of going out the window. So maybe if you're talking about a team that plays a lot of cover two, safety would would fit because, and not to get like super wonky here, but like cover two defense basically transfers the bulk of the coverage responsibilities from the corners to the safeties. It makes the corners jobs easier and the safety jobs harder. And cover three, which is what the Steelers have traditionally run, uh, the, that corner is kind of an island. They kind of have to carry the, that receiver all the way down the field. Think Ike Taylor. Right, was like the sort of prototypical cover three corner. Troy Porter Jr. is very much a prototypical cover three corner. And so um, I'm interested to see how that plays out. I don't necessarily have like a lot of belief that it's going to work out great right now. I do think in general the slot is a position the Steelers could look to upgrade. I'm not sure I'm slandering anyone with that, though. I'm well, not Alan, this may that. have been th- – this, this could probably be put on me here. So it's if I click on it, it says that the comment was edited and it actually says Saunders. So what may have happened is it was a legit we've typo and they edited typo. the comment. Yeah. Typo. But I'll be, but it, I'll that be is slain. funny though. That is funny. That I'll be slain. Well, maybe you could just keep the smiley hat on and then I'll be the jerk and it's fine. It'll be great. I think I'm, I'm I can live with that role. And I don't know if this is just Jamie or if it's Jay Amy, but they're very active in the comments and we appreciate that. Like every single episode, they're, they're chiming in. Um, I thought this one was really good too. And this was going back to your, your recap video from uh, the preseason finale. 
PTJ says they look like they have a deep, talented roster, look much better than last year. When do you think was the last time they had this deep and talented of a roster? Mm. I mean, talented is easy, right? It's like 2018. Deep, though, man, that's a good question. Um, it's been a long time. I, you know, I probably back to like, 2015-ish, they were pretty deep, right? Like, that's about the last time. And then the 2010 Super Bowl team was pretty deep. That 2015 team was pretty good. I think that's probably the way I would go. But it's been a while. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Not, yeah. It's, Nick and I were actually talking because uh, Tyler asked us when we were doing – so when we were doing that show, when I asked for questions on Twitter, uh, or X, no, nah, we're calling it Twitter. Um, when the last time we thought that the team was as deeper, well, he asked about the offense specifically. So this was also incorporating the defense, but yeah, it's, I feel like it's been a minute. Um, actually, this one was from Jamie or J Amy. Let, let me know how to, how to say that to the best way that you can. Is it supposed to be separated? Cause you're always down here. So I'd like to know how to exactly pronounce your name while on here. Um, what is the over under do you think of 53 man players or 53 cuts from the Steelers that will be picked up from another squad by another squad? So like how many guys Ooh, end up on different teams? That's a great question. Uh, hmm. I'll put the, uh, they I said three. Probably, they gave a number I as think, well on here. I think less than three. I, I okay. don't think there were that many. I think the Steelers have the ability to, to really get this, you know, like man could be one. That's not like something I'm really thinking of. Could be. It could be. You know, they have tough cuts. I think they can sort of get them in a way that they minimize the number of players that they get snapped up, but maybe not. I don't know. It's They definitely have – more, when was the last one of those? That's a that's a good question too. Like I feel like that that has not happened very much recently, uh, at all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say two. I think Braden Mann will end up on being one of those two, and then I'll say mm-hmm. one of the position players. So I'll go with two. But they could make a trade too, and then that number would go down if they if they make a trade. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Um, anything else on your mind? That was that was good. No, lots of stuff up at SteelersNow.com talking about all the cuts, uh, some analysis from Nick, and uh, Derek Bell is going to tell us who should have made the team, which mm-hmm. may not jive with what is happening. Um. I think that's it. Cuts tomorrow. Be busy. So tomorrow, yeah, I mean, we'll be on right after the cut. So we'll know sort of exactly who the 53 is going to be. Awesome. Great timing. I think it's almost like they did this just for us in terms of the timing, right? That's what they said. Yeah. 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 They were like, uh, (laughs) NFL, the NFL trade deadline is just before Steelers afternoon drive on Tuesday. That's 
makes sense. All right, Alan, tell the people where they can find you. You already kind of talked about this. At but... Saunders underscore PGH, PittsburghSteelersNow.com. PGA Steelers Now is the site's Twitter handle. It's also uh, our YouTube page, and uh, we can find this. Uh, practice video. There's some cool stuff uh, on YouTube. Scroll up one video here of uh, Alfredo Roberts going over sort of the footwork of Darnell Washington in a run-blocking setting. And mm-hmm. uh, Darnell blocks Rodney Williams out of the frame. <laughs> Which is, uh, so go, go check that one out. It's, it's kind of fun. And, uh, yeah, I'll, that's, that's all the stuff. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. So go check out that video. Check out the other videos. Subscribe. Leave us a comment. Oh, yeah, of course, we're, we're we love reading the comments. 10, still. We'll get the whole yeah. song. We, we need it to happen. Yeah, it's not happening until 10,000. So give us the 10,000 subscribers, then we're going to play the entire song that you guys hear, like 10 seconds of or whatever for our intro. Um, I'm Zachary Smith, PGH. Like I said, that is Alan Saunders. Thanks for jumping in and taking another ride on Steelers Afternoon Drive. <laughs>